we, we try hire, um, hiring some of the legacy or old school technology guys, yeah. you know, from IBM, SAP, uh, Oracle, and so forth. And no offense to any of these uh, companies, but I think if you, you're so used to selling commodity or even yeah. traditionally to the IT, yeah. this this is very much about the business, C-level, um, you know, head of marketing, head of commercials, head of P&L. It's a very different selling um, cycle and also selling point. So it, it takes a different DNA. I think we're now prime for high growth and blitz scaling in, in a way, and not in the way that B2C companies actually think of blitz scaling, but in our B2B terms, right? Sure. You know, two, three hundred percent, any of these it's large massive. companies would salivate over. And so now we're just not hiring fast enough and okay. we can't find the right talents to you know cover. We're getting like 60% of our uh, leads are coming inbound. And we're not even spending that much money on digital marketing. And so you know there's a massive need in this market. So people ask me, why are you not in the U.S.? Why do I need to go to the U.S. when I'm drowning in pipeline right now, right? I'm Stephen Cummins and this is part two of a three-part interview with Anna Gong, the CEO and the board member of Perks that took place for 14 minutes of SAS at Rise in Hong Kong. She talks about a baptism of fire when taking Perks over and transforming it from B2C to B2B. She gives sales standards in Oracle, SAP and IBM an absolute roasting, saying she couldn't hire people of the right standard from these old school software companies. Anna's projections and targets for growth are incredibly aggressive. She's also very transparent about issues with creating employee success in the early days of the company transition. Welcome to 14 Minutes of SaaS, the show where you can listen to the stories and opinions of founders of the world's most remarkable SaaS scale-ups. that I needed to move on after nine years, right? Over nine years with a company start to finish. Absolutely. That's a long time. Yep. Um, so you learn a lot. Um, now I have to unlearn a lot too. Going back to a startup, you know, after being in corporate for a dozen years and then yeah. you're going back to startup again. Wow, what a difference. Absolutely. I'm exercising so many uncomfortable muscles. You have no idea. And, and you, and I mean, you're a story of I mean, you're, those challenges pale in comparison to what, to what you experienced when you first went to Perks Technologies. Tell us all about that. Oh, yeah. So I was brought in in a very unconventional way, right? So I'm the growth CEO, supposedly, to come in and help change the company, scale it. But when I came in, it wasn't a business that was scalable or sustainable. So then you have to present a really negative uh, picture to the board that this is what you learned, this is what's going to happen, um, we got to do something drastic. Um, so eventually I think you know the, the founders, the original founders of the, the Perks B2C business um, left. Uh, we, we made a decision to move forward without them and then if, uh, thereafter 18 months I had to wind down the business, shut it down and then completely refounded the company to an enterprise B2B SaaS platform. Now we focus Amazing. on selling to tier one uh, enterprises. Amazing. So it couldn't be it couldn't be any 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 more different. Oh, the, the same base yeah. technology, but 
instead of a, instead of a volume B2C play, uh, enterprise level high touch B2B. Yeah, it's high value, low volume. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And um, so tell me, you know, since you you essentially almost founded a new company within Perks Technologies, right. how have the last few years gone for you there? Um, we had to go through a slew of changes, right? So we had to clean up the cap table, buy out some of the existing investors, the new investors coming in were very supportive and some of them are, are quite strategic. Um, and so they're empathizing with you. Some of them are really savvy businessmen. Um, and so, you know, you get the right partners in, uh, it, it makes a world of difference. And so before I felt like, you know, some immature investors that didn't really understand tech um, ask specific questions or were very distracting. So um, I think sometimes when you're growing a company, it's really important to find the right investors. And so now we have the right investors, a clean, a much cleaner cap table, and we can run faster. Yeah. Um, but it took me a long time to get here. Uh, it's Absolutely. been now four years. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and um, you know, so have you experienced significant growth in the last year, let's say? Yeah, so we finished our um, our first fiscal year last year, the real fiscal year, right? We took us, the first year was product market fit, uh, getting a couple of beta lighthouse customers, um, and then we sort of grew uh, a little bit more into the Asia Pacific room. And okay. then um, we found a product market fit, and now cool. last year we grew um, 200%, wow. and then now we're gonna That's grow impressive. five times this year. That's my goal. Oh, yeah. If we can great. meet three times, fantastic. But my goal is to stretch it to five times. In the next year, yeah? This year. This year. Yeah, let's that see how we can do it. Yeah. That is fantastic. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and it's an exciting place to be right now by the sounds of things. And you're, and a good sign, you were telling me you're you know, struggling to hire enough uh, salespeople. So that's a sign that you're really seeking aggressive growth. Yeah, I made a lot of mistakes. Uh, if you read Glassdoor, you can see the mistakes I made. Oh, okay. Um, you know, there's, we, we try hire, um, hiring some of the legacy or old school technology guys, yeah. you know, from IBM, SAP, uh, Oracle, and so forth. And no offense to any of these uh, companies, but I think if you, you're so used to selling commodity or even yeah. traditionally to the IT, yeah. this this is very much about the business, C-level, um, you know, head of marketing, head of commercials, head of P&L. It's a very different selling um, cycle and also selling point. So it, it takes a different DNA. Um, For sure, like, like SAP or Oracle, it's, really old world, yeah. uh, they won't appreciate me saying it. but And they're um, also on-prem, they talk a lot about on-prem. So we, we sell yeah. cloud and then you have yeah. to really educate the customer because yeah. they've been brainwashed, right? Absolutely, completely. We, we can go live in a few weeks or even within 24 hours. Yeah. And then, you know, these companies have to do it in three years or two years. Oh, it's just insane. And so digital transformation, you don't have even three months you know, <laughs> to think about things. Yeah, no, I can remember, you know, you know, startup days in Salesforce, it was like, uh, yeah, I mean, Oracle was easy pickings really, you know, yeah. and in those days, Microsoft was as well. They've right. transformed a little bit better than, yeah. than Oracle into the cloud, but, right. uh, so, um, do you have, so you're based in Singapore. Are all of the staff uh, in Singapore at the moment? Yeah, so, you know, this is what I've learned um, to keep the core team intact um, yeah. while we're growing together and align better. Um, we're sort of a deep tech company, so I believe in actually growing the team, you know, from within, from the core. Sure. And once we scale a little bit more, then we would actually expand out. We do have some um, um, 
I would say, employees in the Philippines and KL, Kuala Lumpur. Okay. Yeah. Are they like on the kind of developer side of things? Yeah. They, um, actually, no. Fuel, fuel marketing, uh, support. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And if you, and listeners, if you if you hear noises, we're at a, a major event here in Rise, so there's lots of events happening around us. Yeah. Uh, so, um, what's your vision then? I can I can tell that your vision is for probably like a thousand percent growth over the next two three years. Um, you know, I can just the numbers alone tell me at least that by yeah. the sounds of things. Um, but what's your vision as a company? Um, you, you found product market fit your new product market fit quite recently in terms of your history. Yeah. Um, how do you see yourselves evolving over those next couple of years? I think we're now prime for high growth and blitz scaling in, in a way, and not in the way that B2C companies actually think of blitz scaling, but in our B2B terms, right? Sure. You know, two, 300%, any of these it's large massive. companies would salivate over, and they're growing sub 5% in Asia. You know? Oh yeah. And you can well, see their annual reports, right? Yeah. Um, so well, well, blitz scaling and B2B is hard it's work. It's hard, yeah. yes, you, exactly. you don't get your sales easily, right? Right, right. Yeah. And so... And you don't hold on to your customers easily either. You've got a, it's a big deal, it's a big I'm proud to say we have negative churn. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So that's uh, something Brilliant. that we're proud of as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's really impressive actually. Yeah. So, and what was the original question? Oh, I don't know, but I was just about to say that, <laughs> but I was just about to say that that's cool, we're going yeah, all directions. Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say that negative churn um, for a company that's recently, not, I don't know, it's not recent, but maybe a year or two really got the new product fit. Uh, product market fit means you got really, really good product market fit and you've got some really good people in there uh, to help hold on, to help develop relationships, hold on to the customers, because it's, that's not an easy achievement. Yeah, it's, it's because when we started marketing this three years ago, um, the market was not ready. There okay. were only a few leaders in the space that would disrupt themselves or the ecosystem. And then once you start with a big brand, the followers start to take notice. Yeah. And so Asia is a followers market, okay. not a leaders market. The U.S. is definitely right. Yeah. Uh, certain uh, Australia is also you know a leaders market. They love tinkering with new stuff uh, yeah. all the time, right? Yeah. Uh, and then you know we're dealing with a lot of followers in, in the marketplace. <laughs> so we needed to find those leaders that were willing to take risks on startups. And because I've only worked for startups in many years, right? Yeah. Uh, we knew where to pick them. Very good, very good. You had those relationships and, right. and that knowledge. And you know, Anna, would it be a challenge, one of the challenges I imagine for you would be, you know, you, you've set very ambitious growth uh, targets, um, yet your company is still young yeah. and it's still innovating. So one of the challenges for you I'd imagine is balancing innovation with growth. Yeah. You know, how, do you, how do you do that? How do you keep, how do you keep that space uh, to make those kind of innovative leaps, you know, not just kind of iteratively, iteratively A-B testing stuff, but, you know, to really, um, you know, build out the product while going after that growth. How do you balance those two things? Yeah, and I try to, you know, disrupt or, or challenge, actually. I like to challenge my team to think further ahead, to, to also roadmap our own innovation cycle. Um, but. You know, hiring the, the the talent that you're used to in the Bay Area out in Asia is very difficult. Okay. And so we made many mistakes hiring the wrong folks. Uh, not that they were not capable, but it was literally the wrong fit, right? And so I made many hiring mistakes, and I will probably continue to do so. 
um, but you've learned. So you're a little wiser yes. and uh, you, you tend to know how to interview better, do backdoor referencing a little bit better to save yourself some time. I've learned to uh, fire faster, Good. way faster. Yeah. Um, better for both parties if exactly, it's needed. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And, um, and so now we're just not hiring fast enough and okay. we can't find the right talents to you know cover. We're drowning in pipeline and we don't have enough coverage. Wow, that's a great problem to have though. But we have a problem. If you can solve it, yeah. I mean, and I love your transparency mm -hmm. because you know, I kind of went, oh, when you said it, but the truth is I always look at Glassdoor. Yeah. I also look at G2 before I select people. Yeah. But, but then I, I looked at your background as well, looked at the whole backstory. And, uh, but I think it's really cool that you're so transparent about um, you know, kind of that learning process that you went through mm -hmm. in, in hiring. But now you know what you want, but there's not enough of it out there, yeah. which is the problem, right? Exactly, exactly. Now the market is getting a bit more mature. There's a great need. We're getting like 60% of our uh, leads are coming inbound. And we're not even spending that much money on digital marketing. And so you know there's a massive need in this market. So people ask me, why are you not in the U.S.? Why do I need to go to the U.S. when I'm drowning in pipeline right now, right? Yeah, so, yeah, the market's here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so rich here. In the final part of this trilogy, Anna opens up about being bullied in school, growing up as a Chinese immigrant in Florida, and she talks about how the perceived difficulty of entry into Southeast Asia actually represents a huge opportunity. You've been listening to 14 Minutes of SAS. Thanks to Mike Quill for his creativity and problem-solving skills and to Ketsu for the music. This episode was brought to you by me, Stephen Cummins. If you enjoyed the podcast, please don't forget to share it with your network, subscribe to the series, and give the show a rating. This podcast is a labor of love and I travel all over the world to interview the founders of amazing SaaS startups. I ask for nothing in return from them other than their valuable time and I never play dirty tricks such as if you get five of your employees to rate the podcast with five stars and send me screenshots, we'll publish a month earlier. I leave that stuff to others. Several of the biggest podcasts are doing just that. These episodes are so much work to produce and very expensive without the backing of a big tech company. Do your good deed for today by taking a minute now to review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or any of the major podcast platforms, wherever you're listening to us.